guns on how I do this. <laughs> Buenas tardes. <laughs> <laughs> Buenas tardes. <laughs> and welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is John Girdler, Peter Blankenship. See. <laughs> and today we have a special guest, a friend, and longtime listener, Zach Brown. Hola, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> The, Glad to be on here. The reason we're all speaking in slightly foreign language. Well, it is a foreign language. I'm, yeah. But the reason we're doing that is because today's movie is your pick, Zach. Would you like to introduce it? Yes. Uh, my pick was uh, Babel, the 2006 uh, Oscar nominee. I had originally pitched this for the uh, star-studded duds, but Mark told me that this did not have enough stars in it. Because if you can name me the stars that are in this, besides Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. Rinko Kikuchi. She was in Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. And that, was it Kamiko, the treasure hunter? The one where, it's the girl that thinks Fargo is a documentary and tries to, like, find the buried money. I did not see that. Well, that's a real movie. I I recommend that movie. I'm messing up the title, but it's something, the treasure hunter. What is it about Fargo? I don't know. Fargo resonates with, like, a lot of people. It does. I've I've never understood it. It seems like a really cold place. Have you seen Fargo, the movie? No. Oh, yeah, wow. Either. You need to see that, man. That's a good movie. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's just not a Star City Dead. I'm, I'm happy you're, we're finally getting it to, though, because I know you wanted to talk about this movie for yeah. a while. Well, something where, like, I saw Babel, like, right after it came out on DVD in, like, 2007, 2006, whenever yeah. it did. And I hated it. I thought it was one of the worst movies I'd ever seen. And um, <laughs> it, it was just boring as hell. But... Uh, Watching it again, I've different. Yeah, I, I'm happy you brought that up because I this is my second viewing ever because I didn't see it in theaters or anything. I think I watched it like kind of like I don't know if it was immediately on DVD, but it was one of those things that I eventually finally was like, oh yeah, I remember people talking about this movie. And I watched it in high school, and again, I was like, I don't, I didn't get it. Yeah, if that makes sense. And then watching it again, I'm gonna be honest, I still don't fully get the message, but I appreciate how well crafted this movie is made if that makes sense yeah so i i don't think it's like a terrible movie by any means but it's still a movie at the very end of the movie i walked away being like i don't think i got it <laughs> yeah it was, it was sort of one of those things where it's like yeah it was, it was an okay two hour and two and a half hours an okay two and a half hours yeah Two and a half hours. Oh, God. This yeah, movie... It, I'm not going to lie. It feels... My biggest complaint is this movie feels like it's four. Yeah. It's really long, it seems well, like. Well, that's because it has four storylines. Yeah. Te- I, would, I would argue 3.5 because <laughs> the one storylines are kind of interweaved. But as I was, This is my first time seeing this movie. And as I was watching it, I could only think that this is what you guys wish the butterfly effect was. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't and track w- that logic. What? So <laughs> hear me out. Um, so <laughs> the premise of this movie with the, you know, one seemingly insignificant event having ramifications all over the world. Part of our discussion on the last podcast was you guys didn't see the the scale of, of the, the chaos effect. The that yeah. touche. That's wow. a good point, John. You get a gold star. So I was thinking <laughs> that as I was watching this movie that you guys would have liked it because it did share the chaos theory in... So, Action. if I hear you correctly, you're wanting Ashton Kutcher to have been in this movie. <laughs> yes. This is all because Ashton Kutcher tried to save Amy Smart. <laughs> right. And Big Frankie. I wish Big Frankie was in it. I don't know that actor's name. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, wasn't his name Dumper. like Dumper? Dumper. Yeah, his name Dumper. was Dumper in Butterfly <laughs> Effect. Yeah. Oh man, Peter, you're you know unnaturally quiet over there. Just listen to what you guys have to say. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, so I went into this movie because I remember this is the first time I saw it. This is the um came out around the same time that Crash did, and I disregarded this movie when it came out because, <laughs> because I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be another crash. I hate that movie. Um, <laughs> but when I was watching this one, I was like, oh, this is, this is a lot better than Crash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you listen to our Crash episode, I think every movie, in your opinion, is better than Crash. Well, <laughs> wait, what are your thoughts on Crash? Did you enjoy that movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought it was really good. Um... I think I thought it was a lot better than Crash because Crash is all about just how everyone is racist. And this movie wasn't really about that. It was more just examining people in places outside of their comfort zones. Yeah, or I would also just argue it's mainly about showing different cultures in general. Yeah, but, you know, like we had people being put in situations, you know, like... Out of their element. Yeah, Yeah, except for Japan, Um, I would argue. But no, but see, for her, argue that. for her, she's deaf. So and like, mute. Well, she's deaf. And mute. She can make sounds. And no, dude, they call her a deaf mute. <laughs> she's like she's like Helen Keller. She's a deaf mute. Helen Keller could like... Well, wow, anyway, did you even watch yeah, Babel? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, she wasn't talking, but like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are multiple scenes in that storyline where she was out of her element, like in an uncomfortable oh, yeah. situation. So, I see what like, you're saying. I like the movie better because it wasn't hitting me over the head with anything. It was just like, look at these characters here. Look at these characters here. And see how random, off-the-cuff actions do have implications for other people that are a lot more serious than they thought. I, I think what what I was saying about where I don't get it, and I think it all stems from the fact that this movie is called Babel, which is a reference to the Babel. Babel. Damn it, I was thinking the Muffer and <laughs> Son song. Babel, Babel, Babel. But Babel, based on like reference to the biblical event of you know the Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. <laughs> Tower of Babel. I can't speak now. You guys are jerks. <laughs> but yeah, the you know the people are given different languages, separated all over the earth. And so I thought when I watched this movie, it would solely be about the cultural divides and how it's causing effect. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? How the language barrier affects interactions, how the cultural differences affect interactions, which it does to a degree, but not to the severity that I thought the movie would be. And so when the movie ends and then that's not really doesn't seem like the message is all these cultural divides are like tearing us apart or anything like that. I, I didn't get what it was trying to say. And I'm completely open. If you guys have an idea of like what the message truly supposed to be, but I don't know. It's something about the value of family is how I took it, Yeah, but I can't put it more eloquently than that. I I don't know. That's all I got. It was a lot about family. I think that, and also just sort of like wanting to like, uh, I guess connect with someone Mm -hmm. because like if you look at the, um, at the at the Japan storyline, and then also, um, so I guess Brad Pitt, uh, Kate Blanchett storyline, there's just really one to, to I guess forge a forge a strong connection with someone when when things have really like gone wrong, like Kate Kate Blanchett got shot, or uh, or the or the uh, Japanese girl's mom died, and she's having to deal with that. But she's trying to I guess find find something, anything to kind of like 
uh, I guess, make her feel safe. Similar hmm. to how Kate Blanchett's like saying, oh, don't go, Richard. Yeah. You have to I, I guess Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I, uh, I think, though, one of the issues I have is I agree with you, but at the same time, the different storylines don't have a same overarching theme, if that makes sense. I, I would say because it like when you take the Mexico storyline and the Japan storyline, they're not similar. And so it it's they're so drastically different that I get the understanding of, oh, it's the cultural differences, but couldn't they have told the story in a way where it's almost dealing with a similar issue, but the cultural differences resonate how those problems are resolved? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm Again, I'm just... Trying to figure it out. <laughs> so found a good good little review. Um, fan of the old Roger Ebert dot com. He guy. has a lot to say. Uh, well, yeah. He he didn't write this one. This was a who? Oh, nope. He did write this one. Because <laughs> he doesn't write all the ones on the website. But he did do this one. Um but he says that the movie is not as we might expect about how each culture wrecks hatred and violence on another, but about how each culture tries to behave well and is handicapped by misperceptions. Babel could have been a routine recital of man's inhumanity to man, but the director has something deeper and kinder to say. When we are strangers in a strange land, we can bring trouble upon ourselves and our hosts. Uh, before our latest Mars probe blasted off, it was scrubbed to avoid carrying Earth microbes to the other planet. All of the characters in this film are carriers of cultural microbes. Oh, so I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he goes on to say that the, the gun was a microbe or like a, an, a cultural alien to the boy oh. as well as the tourist bus. And so they're just mm. reacting how they thought and then things spiral out of control and... Well, that's a oh, that's Old a good Rod point. Rod really hit the nail there. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he's good at this. <laughs> but no, like so. Take um, there are themes or whatever. So like in Morocco, we have cops. In Japan, we have cops. How do they act differently? And then at the border, we have cops. Right. In Mexico. You know, right. like well, we have interesting similar like the same roles, different cultural. That's interesting. I I didn't really put yeah. that together. That's a good good. It's point. a deep ass movie. It is a deep ass movie. Let's get Roger on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you think he'd be hard to get a hold of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like raise him from the dead. <laughs> oh man, do a seance or something. Oh, I don't know. I can't think of a better segue than to segue just into yeah. the storyline. <laughs> um, yeah, when we open up on this movie, it's in Morocco. And uh, we're witnessing a bo- two boys and their father buy a Winchester rifle from a, a neighbor, as much as a neighbor can be, because they they seem to be, I don't want to say tribesmen, because that's not a proper term for it, but they're, they're they live in the tribal. They're nomads. Right. They're, well, they're shepherds they're that live in the <laughs> tribal hills. Did, did this setting remind tent. you guys of no. Tatooine? Like they're <laughs> that was awful. I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> It wasn't a desert planet. <laughs> it's still <laughs> Earth. <laughs> they look like aliens to you or something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, yeah, John was like, just watching it for This isn't the rifle you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, he's like, when, when does Greeno show up? Where's the other son? <laughs> oh, Gringo's. I was way off. <laughs> That's pretty good. I will remain silent the rest of this podcast. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry. But yeah, so it's these two boys and their father buying <laughs> no, a I rifle. Didn't, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did not think it was Tatooine. Uh, but they're buying this rifle to shoot jackals that are preying on their goats, because like you said, Zach, they're shepherds. And this ends up being the catalyst really for most of the movie. It's, it's it's all the whole movie, really, but I love the opening because we don't we're not even introduced to them first. It's the dude with the gun just like walking. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there it is. Uh, Little dude, big desert <laughs> rifle movie. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Deber. Yeah. The drop is dripped. We're looking at the ripples. Uh, yeah. I did think it was interesting though when he's buying they're buying the gun though that the the man they're buying it from makes it a point to be like don't show this to anybody. It it made it seem sketchier than it seemed to be. I don't know what the laws in Morocco are about firearms, but I didn't understand why that would have been an issue. Because especially for the purpose they're using it for, it seems perfectly legitimate. Yeah, well, well, I guess it's something where, like, later on, where it's like, where the um, where the where the U.S. freaks out, thinking, "Oh my oh, it's god, terrorism. it's terrorist!" That's oh, and they like, trying to like think, All right, "I'm not going to show this that way. I don't get like." call the terrorist or, anything or like something that. like yeah because well they do when they're later in the movie when they're doing an investigation about the rifle they think it was a black market purchase which but it, it's not it, he, it was given to him no right he was such a good guy yeah it's it, crazy it, it is interesting well, yeah so these kids get the rifle and we're kind of introduced quickly to their to protect their sheep yeah it's their goats the the, the sheep herding goats. animals the sheep goats herding the animals but we're introduced to their kind of like day to day life and they have you know chores different chores a little voyeuristic I, so this is one of my biggest complaints of the movie because yeah. it seems so unnecessary okay but remember in the witch when the little brother is checking out his sister I got the point they were going for which is the the difficulties of isolationism like that's it was the same thing in the witch. I get that, but it's like, okay, they do the Peeping Tom thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I get it. That's gross, but they're setting up a situation. I didn't realize that was a sister. I have, when I, I first like, saw it, I didn't realize it was a sister like, either. Because I thought it was, because there's a couple huts yeah. there. I thought it was like a really, really small town. Yeah, They had and huts on Tatooine. They did have huts on Tatooine. Moisture farmers is what they're called. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but these kids were wasting a ton of ammo, by the way. When they yes. got the gun, they yeah. were just like, that's expensive yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's not like that guy had more just somewhere. <laughs> right. Where yeah. were they going to get the bullets from? But yeah, but I the continuing the Peeping Tom thing, because a little bit later we showed the kid masturbating when he's supposed to be watching the this rock <laughs> and jerk one real quick. He that was, was, like, a, really that was unnecessary to, to me. That was the like the step that was okay. Uh, like uh, th- I don't know what you're trying to say, but this feels superfluous. <laughs> well, Mark, what did Roger Ebert have to say about that? <laughs> well, other storyline: we got Japanese girl who has also sexual. But her whole storyline is based off that. I know, but we're we're just drawing lines. We're just we're just drawing lines. All right. Uh, He's a little horn dog. So. That's it. So they, John, like you're saying, they were wasting a lot of ammo and they're shooting at random things. He was also they, shooting at things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that. Um, Cocked and loaded. But, oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> the conversations I did not expect we would have while talking about this movie. <laughs> this one earns its explicit rating. Oh, I know. No. I haven't oh. said anything. Uh, I I did like that they show though a little bit of sibling rivalry though of, with the rifle that one brother yeah. is better at shooting than the other and this kind of leads to the rivalry thing. I do think it escalates super quickly because they're shooting rocks 
and they're talking about how the guy that sold him the gun said the bullets could go up to 3,000 kilometers. Is three kilometers. Oh, 3,000 meters. Oh, yeah. sorry. 3,000 <laughs> meters. Three kilometers, <laughs> whatever. Space. Uh, <laughs> and so they're like testing it, and uh, it escalates so quickly because he goes from shooting rocks, being like, those rocks are really yeah. far away, to like, how much you want to bet I can hit that car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baffled by that jump. And then, uh, so it ends up being, they shoot at the car, nothing happens, so they're like, haha, yeah, the bullets don't really do that. And the kid shoots at a bus traveling by. I thought the car was the bus, because it, it, it was just like moving, and the, and the, prescri- and the uh, no, perspective no. was changing. No, they, it was, the car was going one way, and then the bus was coming the other. Oh, okay. And gotcha. so, they were above the car and shot down at it, and missed and they thought, oh, the bullets just don't travel that far. And then they shot at the bus. And they think they didn't hit the bus. Then the bus stops. Well, that was the little brother who's like, you're just a bad shot. Right. I can do this. And yeah, and so the youngest brother. A sniper. <laughs> yeah. Tipping no point. scopes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tipping point of the whole movie. Yeah. Yep. This, is, this yeah. is the catalyst. They, Climax is there eight minutes in. Yeah. yeah. They shoot. Uh, they shoot the bus. And they, they see Climax. it stop. And they realize what they've done. And they run into the hills. And... Um, Hide that gun. Um, and they, it's interesting how this movie plays it off because they're kind of hiding. They start, I think they, don't they fake like stomach aches so they don't have to go back out to do their chores? Yeah. And then the mom like gets pissed at Yeah, he's getting yeah, mad. Like, we have other chores to do. Yeah. I, I didn't think they had realized what had happened yet. Well, they, they just saw the they bus They haven't stop. hidden the gun yet at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry, I jumped ahead <laughs> with that. But they knew that something bad had happened, that they had hit the bus and the ramifications kind of hit them of what they had done, but they didn't know the full story yet. And then when their dad gets home later, which we're never really told what the dad does. I think he was like bringing goats and shit to the neighbor. You know what I thought? Because later when we find out, you know, it's Kate Blanchett, whose character who's shot, and they take her to the town or whatever to get mm-hmm. help. I thought he, the dad was going to be the veterinarian that they were getting to help, Ooh. and I thought that was going to be the way it all connects again. I was wrong, but that'd be good. A little side note, but yeah, we never see what he does. But he comes home talking about how on the news they're saying an American was shot, and that they believe it was an act of terrorism, and that the American was on a bus. So the kids immediately connect that. Oh no, they think we're terrorists. They think we've killed this lady because I think they think she's dead, not that she's yeah. been just shot. Yeah, that's what the news was saying. Right, and so from there, that's Big when they, they go out and hide the rifle. And uh, this is kind of when we're introduced to the Moroccan police who do not fuck around. No. Like, this is scary. Because um, the first time we're introduced to them, they show up to the guy who sold the kids and their father the gun, and they immediately like beat the shit out of him. He's, like, old, too. Yeah, and his wife. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I guess... Okay, so I'm not advocating it. I understand that... When an American shot in a foreign country, they're immediately going to feel a lot of pressure from the U.S. government to figure out what's going on. So I understand like a rapid response and maybe more of an aggressive response. But this is like yeah, next but not, level. Not assault. Yeah, this is next level like crazy. Um, I do laugh at how like how intense they are. Is the boys see those cops going? Or no, no, yeah. After they leave the the man who sold them the rifle. He, the police go to look for the boy's house or mm. hut, and uh, they, he comes across the boys and asks where they live or the, where the dad yeah. lives. And uh, 
they give him fake information and he says something along the lines of like you better not be lying to me or I'm going to come back and cut your balls off like again it's hardcore. He's like, he can come back anytime. <laughs> and the kid didn't back down. He yeah. stuck yeah. with his story. I feel like I would have been terrified. Yeah. Oh, man. Would have spilled the beans. That joke's on you. I don't have one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My dad already did that. Oh, man. After wow. finding out about the sister thing, right? What? Well, that's coming up. No, that's coming up. Spoilers. Oh, I forgot to do my yeah spoiler yeah. alert at the beginning. Like you told me to do, Zach. I apologize. Uh, anyway, I think listeners gathered. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty Spoiler. episodes in. Spoilers implied. <laughs> Wait, you mean we're talking about what goes on in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. The uh, but from there though, this is where the kids run back to their parents' house and confess what has happened. And with that, yeah. If I was that kid, I wouldn't have confessed. What you would know, you have done? They put it together. I, I would have been like, oh, the thing's under the under the uh, tree or whatever. I would have just been like, the jackal shot themselves. The jackal shot, shot the car. What? I, I, you know, like... You're saying, wait, first the jackals committed suicide. What? <laughs> and then they somehow organized yeah, the, the shooting like, at the bus. But it's just like, why are those kids going to be just like, just like turning on each other? Because the kid's like... Oh, Yusuf shot the bus. And then the other kid's like, well, you jack off to your sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. he, he was already saying that the older brother didn't shoot him, the bus. The older brother was just trying to not be in trouble with his dad and was like, not only did he shoot the bus, but he's also been looking at sis and she oh, liked it too. Which, by the way, that is totally a sibling thing to do. <laughs> Watch yourselves get dressed. No, yeah. Whoa, Mark. the ratting the <laughs> other sibling out while you're being in trouble for something. Yeah, and you know it transcends Guys childhood. <laughs> so I might have done something wrong, but oh, exactly, they did it too. A hundred percent. It's definitely I don't see a that sibling going thing. on today. <laughs> Russia <laughs> getting political. Very yeah, topical. We use, we use the nerve gas, but but but. <laughs> No, no, I'm very curious to see where you go with yeah. this. Please enlighten <laughs> who us. Is, who, who is Russia's brother? <laughs> That's a valid question. You know, gonna, you know what I think? I think it's Iran. It's those yeah. darn Iranians. Am yeah. I right, guys? Oh, man. Are you talking like an American? I don't know <laughs> what, what are you I'm doing? <laughs> a true American. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Trump may have done these things, but Obama didn't have his birth certificate. Oh, the amount of... We're so far off the rails. <laughs> no, well, we're on it saying it happens in childhood, right. and also happens not in childhood. But hopefully jacking it to your sister does not happen. Yeah. At all. At all, yes. Yeah. <laughs> have sisters Russia. confirmed <laughs> never, ever... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to... Go down this road. You're welcome. I'm 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 speechless. Uh, what are these two boys up to now? <laughs> well, now they're but leaving with like, Daddy. Don't, don't the cops like come back? Oh yeah, the cops yeah. are gonna come. They're going to the hills. Yeah, the know. boys are. Right. So the the dad grabs them and then they go and retrieve where the rifle was hidden and then they kind of go on go f- on the run. On the land. It's the shortest journey ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really don't get very far. Yeah, it's like the Fellowship of the Ring if it was like four pages long. <laughs> <laughs> if the Nazgul had caught up to him like immediately. Yeah, they just made it to Farmer Maggot's farm. <laughs> so, 
So we talked about how intense the police are in Morocco, right? They just open fire. Oh, yeah. Jesus. No, didn't even like, give there them they are. <laughs> it's, it's no like, freeze. No. Oh, yeah. Know, stop. It's a, yeah, it's almost like with those, Get him, shoot him. Those 50s movies where it's like the bank robbers leaving the bank and it's not like you're under arrest. It's just like, open fire, boys. <laughs> but like when the kid like takes the rifle and just starts like knocking them out, it's like, Jesus Christ, kid, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you're making you're it worse. Going to jail. Like, I laugh, though, when they saw the cops coming and the dad's like, run. And you see them running from the cop car and they're just. <laughs> just barely yeah. they're, they're like running up a hill and the but, cops are in cars <laughs> but the older brother gets shot twice and uh this, that was actually like yeah. a really sad part of yeah. this movie is I, watching I like that kind of cheered shot. up but then i laughed well, at the kid shooting the cops <laughs> <laughs> i mainly felt bad the what got me was when the dad's holding the older brother because that was really sad because like the dad did nothing right. wrong like this yeah. was such a messed up situation and then the younger brother, you know, does the right thing it's and me. surrenders. He breaks the gun, so the cops know they're not armed anymore. And then surrenders and tries to make like an on-the-fly deal of, um, my brother and my father did nothing wrong. Please keep my brother alive. I'm the one who shot it. It was yeah. an accident. Da, da, da. And it's um, kind of how that storyline yeah. ends. We're I'm we're under. The, I'm pretty sure the older brother's dead. Yeah, it doesn't oh, yeah. definitively mm-hmm. say that. No. Well, but, so later when we see the. Uh, the newscast, we just see pictures of the younger brother and the father Sorry. on the news. Oh, so they didn't... Okay, that would make sense. Suspected terrorists. I mean, he was shot in the leg and then, like, like the in head. the back. It was in the back, oh, but it was, like, was yeah. it was like heart level in the back. So I imagine he, that he was down for the count. The, yeah. But yeah, that's just kind of a really sad thing because, like, you can kind of tell the we were saying how intense those cops were, but once they realized the kid had done it, you could kind of see they were like, "Oh, we kind of blew this out of proportion." There was definitely that like resignation on his face of like, "Oh, this really wasn't terrorism." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the only time that dick uh, cutting off cop seemed emotional. It was the balls, Peter. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> I don't want to get off trail again. We're gonna we're, we're gonna push forward. Let's go to the other side of the bullet. Let's talk about where that bullet struck. Nice transition. Yeah, that was good, Mark. Thank you. Ten points. Thank you. Was that I, in your notes? No. That <laughs> <laughs> was that was on the fly. It sounds like a really edgy teen poem. <laughs> the other side of the bullet. Yeah. The other side of the bullet. That was in that was in my journal. I found from uh, our butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we are introduced to before the gunshot, it kind of like the way this movie structured is it's all happening around the same time, but not congruently is the way I guess. Concurrently. Concurrently. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I mean. And, um, so we're introduced to Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt, Richard, who are two Americans, uh, on vacation in Morocco, uh, we get like some quick characterization of clearly they're on vacation to get away because they just had a child die and they're Which, trying to I don't know if they're trying to save their marriage or that they're just trying to get away to like you know talk or that was also hard to hard to grasp during that during that first uh, oh like it's talking, really hard I was like what did Richard do did he like cheat on Kate Blanchett but it's or something like that he just but it, it sounds yeah. yeah like that he went away and then it also doesn't clearly say what happened. Sids. But it's, yeah, it's, you can put it together that the kid must have died of Sid. That's, I mean, the nanny well, yeah, says it. Yeah, the, the yeah. other children are afraid of that. 
Uh, Did you guys notice that she throws throws out the ice, you know, because she's mm-hmm. talking about how it's dirty or whatever. But then she just drinks straight from the can without even cleaning it. Like, I feel like if you're going to be That's worried about point. the ice, well, I think you the wouldn't w- you worry about the top of the can? No, because it's what's in the water that's bad. Like, right. But a, a can, like, yeah. I clean off all my cans before I drink them. I know I'm just weird like that, but... Well, that's because rats shit on the cans in America. Not yeah. in Morocco. They don't yeah, shit on Morocco. cans in Morocco, yeah. okay? <laughs> no, those are kept... They uh, have higher standards, okay, John? <laughs> but that's not why Brad Pitt's in trouble with Listen, you go into any cantina in Tatooine, and they'll tell you the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah, you know they that germaphobe. That's all happening while they're having dinner, and they're clearly on some sort of tour guide thing. That tour sounded miserable. Yeah. You're just on a bus, <laughs> just like driving through the backcountry of Morocco. Yeah, like, it did sound. That miserable. just sounds like what the fuck are you yeah. doing there? And it was like just <laughs> like. Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett, you know, they're dressed up to be older. They look like late 40s. They're supposed to be. But the rest of the tour bus is like, like 60s. 70s. Yeah. yeah. Which I wrote this down. This is the oldest I think I've seen Brad Pitt look in a movie besides Benjamin Button. Do you see Tree of Life? No, I haven't seen Tree of Life. Yeah. But like they actually oh, give him like full gray hair. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he actually looks like an older dad. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just weird seeing. If that makes Okay, Brad Pitt, Kate Blanchett. I love Kate Blanchett. Great by the actors, way. but like, and, and, and the thing on thing on uh, Amazon Prime, it's like Brad Pitt's greatest film performance. Ah. I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, I disagree completely. Because like, even though both of them are great, they kind of phoned it in. It seems like just during all their scenes, it's just like, all right, you're doing it. You're, you're kind of like pulling the cry thing, kind of looking sad. But like Jesus Christ, Kate <laughs> Blanchett gets shot in a fucking van, bus that whatever. It's a, <laughs> it's a bigger van. <laughs> but it has like, more there, wheels. There's just like there's there's no like connection to them. It's just like all right, you're getting your paycheck. Hmm. I I kind of see that. There were a couple scenes where I would disagree with you. I, like when they're at that dinner table and they're having that, I would almost call it a not conversation. Because it seems... A non-versation? Well, I would say non-versation <laughs> nice. because this is something that's interesting in movies is sometimes they do this very well. And I, I think this is one of the examples. In real life conversations, when two people are talking about something, they don't need to say every detail. And hmm. so they talk, they're talking about something that they both know that, and understand that they're each talking about. And so the details aren't very specific in their conversation, but you fully follow that these two characters are on the same page, yeah. that... You know, it, it's just something that a lot of movies don't do, and a lot of directors and writers think is a perfect way to just do like exposition dumps. Like this could have been just an exposition dump scene, and it wasn't, and it felt very real. While I agree with you, there were other scenes where I'm definitely like, oh yeah, they're phoning this in. I really liked that scene. It felt I'll like them that. being the actors that we know they are, and I also just love Kate Blanchett. I'm sorry, Gladriel. I just love her. Oh, Gladriel. I thought she the hand scene was pretty good too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <When> she's <laughs> yeah, piss kiss. The piss kiss. Yeah, my wife gave me that one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the piss kiss. <laughs> I wrote down a hot kiss on the pan, but <laughs> I like I, I like yours better. <laughs> Another uh, angsty teen <laughs> from your from your diary. 
Oh, but let's get to so they they they're on the bus. I derailed this. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It was it was a good derailing. It was a good derailing. They're on the bus, and uh, we get an interesting moment where it's like I couldn't read the situation, and I wrote it down because I wanted to see what you guys got. Because it's she grabs his hand, and they kind of have this moment, and then, and then she slowly lets go. Yeah, and I couldn't read it as if it's a. I still want because like their conversation at the dinner sounded like they were heading towards a divorce. Like they mm-hmm. maybe should end this, and that sounded or looked to me like it was a. I'm still in this, but at the same time, I could also read it as, oh, I'm kind of I'm done. Yeah, I took it like she was trying it out, and then she's like, I don't know. I'd rather just. What did hold what did, myself? Uh, get shot. Did Brad Pitt's hand do there though? Because like, yes. Yeah, oh, he didn't grab. She it. squeezes, but okay. he didn't grab it back. I think that's that's like probably why she didn't. She let go again. Yeah. Hmm. But all that. So this is my complaint right here. Oh. Bullet looks like it comes in the front. No, it comes through the side window. I know it comes in the side window. Oh, but, but when, when the, the shot is actually shot done, it? it's head on. Ooh, that's a good point. I feel like that oh, yeah. was one of the goofs I saw on IMDb. Oh, really? Actually. I think so. I'm, I'm that's sure. a good point. I thought about that, but I just thought I was misremembering the angle of which the bus was taking because it was a hilly, like a winding road. Yeah, but the, it was head on. Ooh. Interesting, because it was clearly through the window, not the roof. Right. That is the first goof listed on IMDb. Ah. Oh, but yeah, she gets a bullet through the... There was a second shooter. <laughs> through, <laughs> yeah. It's the magic bullet. Back it was a terrorist. <laughs> back into the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but the sandy knoll oh gosh the uh takes the bullet through the window into the <laughs> left arm and uh kind of just like gets her in the shoulder or whatever still a dangerous spot because you're shot but this is kind of when all hell breaks loose yeah uh um, that was a great scene was that a very was... good scene agreed uh and I think it's interesting that you know they stop the bus obviously to try to get help the they try to stop two people that are freaked out i get why and uh this is actually one of the most you know language barrier slash cultural different things that they show is when brad pitt gets out of the bus to try to stop that car he's covered in blood and yeah. so it's a white man running at you covered in blood in this country like i don't think a lot of people would have stopped in that situation babble babble <laughs> <laughs> or babel babel <laughs> um but yeah so they they end up deciding because the nearest hospital is way too far for them to drive to so they're going to go to a the tour guide's town that's nearby to get a veg vegetarian a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh a pescatarian is there a vegetarian on board please help <laughs> a veterinarian i apologize but uh, they didn't know that he was yeah they thought it was a doctor a oh they thought it was a doctor you're right he's and a doctor of animals <laughs> when they when they get to the town though uh, I immediately wrote down tour guide gets to see the real Morocco because <laughs> they drive to this, you know, like a legitimate just Moroccan town out in the middle of nowhere. That's getting your price prices worth. Yeah, that's a good tour right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then w- when they get to the town and they take her to the veterinarian, <laughs> got it right that time. Um, that's a like. I, who's the old woman in the room? I, I don't know. Was that like was that like the uh, the uh, tour guide's mom or like some like uh, shaman? I, wrote, I don't know. I, I thought wrote it was down, some kind of shaman. <laughs> Which I doctor? really did. I, I wrote down <laughs> two notes for her. The first one was, "Is she really there?" I wondered that. And then the yeah. second note was, "Cause she looks like the embodiment of death." 
Like, I thought that was like the Moroccan angel of death coming to claim Kate Blanchett. That woman was terrifying looking. And she's just calm. She's just like stroking her hair, being very like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, oh. Sort of because running with the whole death idea. So, like, was that woman in the room later on? They acknowledge her later. They like okay. they, they acknowledge her, which makes me go, okay, she's really there. Yeah. But when they first bring her in, she's just sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, it's death. <laughs> I kind of wish that it was. Yeah, I wish. Really Supernatural out of nowhere? Yeah. That would have been pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but the sewing up scene. I had to look away. That was a pretty brutal. I've seen yeah. some. There's been a lot of movies that do like the medical stitching up. Like Master and Commander has that crazy scene where they're doing surgery on him. But I don't know why, but this one was seemed pretty rough. And it was just a shoulder wound yeah. and some stitches. But like, how? I guess that's how they filmed it. It's pretty brutal. It was all like... Um, and this this was something too where it's like it's it's all very like close up shots of, of of the wound of her face of Brad Pitt's face of the doctor rather than like anything sort of panned back right so it's a lot of close ups yeah and uh, like it, we keep as the movie goes on we keep going through stuff where it's um, like sh- they give her opiates at one point to help her out to calm her yeah, down chill the fuck out yeah <laughs> which. <laughs> She's been shot, Peter. Cut her some slack. Well, yeah, but uh, and then we also get this is a, like kind of a cultural thing that they don't go into either of the Moroccan and we're heard secondhand is the Moroccan government and the U.S. government are having you know an argument about how to handle the situation. I guess so. Like an ambulance isn't coming, and now the U.S. embassy is trying to get uh, like a, a helicopter. helicopter to come for her. And all the while, the tour bus people are, like, not happy. They're like, we got to get out of here. They think it's an act of terrorism, and they think there's going to be a second attack. And and, uh, the old people on the bus are dying of heat exhaustion or something um, because they're old as shit, apparently. They're also British. Yeah, why are they in Morocco? (laughs) But, yeah, so the tour bus leaves them at one point, too. That's pretty brutal. Those guys were assholes. Like, I understood the fear they were having of, like, if they thought it was a terrorist attack, that is a legitimate fear to have. That woman's been shot, you dick. Yeah. Calm down. Don't just give Brad Pitt 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And driving in a bus somewhere isn't going to protect you. Like, if anything, yeah. you're a big target. Yeah. Had, As had just been proven. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Also, they were, all, they were nervous about the temperature and stuff for these older people, but, like, they didn't even look around the town to see if someone could help them with that like they just stayed on the bus like of course they were melting they were in a closed (laughs) bus in the moroccan sun like go to somebody's hut and chill out (laughs) kate blanchett's been shot people god that just bothered me that was the most frustrating part of the movie for me were those assholes on the bus you have a stephen fry look alike oh yeah he does look like stephen fry uh but at a certain point after they leave and they're still waiting for the helicopter all the while the tour bus guy um has stayed with them the whole time which solid he's a solid dude um and this is we were just talking about a second ago we get the whole (laughs) kate blanchett peed herself and Mm -hmm. then brad pitt gets you know a pan for her to use the restroom and it's you know nice thing to do and everything but then yeah like we were saying they uh they kind of make up in that moment (laughs) well well, that's something sort of sort of going back to the whole like idea of like connection or something where it's like she was at her lowest, and Brad Pitt had to be there to like connect with her and be there to be. You're right, because he he was care. he was talking because she thought she was gonna die, and he tells he's kind of reassuring her, being like, 
I'm not going to leave the kids. You're not going to die. I'm not going anywhere. Like he's reassuring her. So it is built up a little bit, but I do think it was, I, I know I'm being childish and overanalyzing it, but I feel like it was a weird point of just like, why are we having this moment while she pees on a, yeah. in a pan? It's like, we've already seen a guy jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to see something else too. So. And yeah, his shoulder get, being stitched up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've seen enough. And then we needed, but we needed the hot kiss on the pot. Yep. Hot kiss on the can. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're on the kissing pan. <laughs> oh man! But eventually, yeah, the helicopter does come and they take them to the Casablanca Hospital, where you know, Humphrey she- Bogart is there. <laughs> yeah, waiting. <laughs> Sam's plan. No, that's why they were waiting for the helicopter for so long. They were having that speech at the end of Casablanca. Was like, You're not going to regret it today. Maybe tomorrow. Just can you move it along. We got a old woman shot somewhere. <laughs> uh, when they're at the hospital, though, it's it's interesting. They do like the doctors basically like they she might lose the arm. Uh, yeah. And then is it implied? Does the doctor also imply that he, even if they save the arm, she might still die? I thought it was implied that she's like gonna live, but she's yeah. Mi- the yeah, but, but she's she's it's the about arm. the arm. Okay, and then gangrene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get a quick Brad Pitt calls home to call his kids, and this I thought this was a good acted oh, good scene too. too. Yeah, and really um, that's yeah. one of our connecting timeline moments too. Is, the, is because we see the, the other, opening scene. Yeah, we see the other side of the I phone call really in Mexico. Cool. I thought that yeah, was cool too. How that interweaves later. Well, and I I guess we didn't talk about the beginning of how all these storylines are told as constantly intercutting. We're just taking them storyline by storyline to make it more clear to go through. As and if it's not obvious at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I just, or, just to in case help. You're yeah, no, yeah. In case you're wondering. <laughs> but I'm just meaning the sense of like, when I was watching it, I did think that was really cool where much earlier in the film, we had seen mm-hmm. that kid on the phone and then we got to see this side of the phone conversation yeah. was, it was, it was cool. Nonlinear storytelling. Yeah. John's favorite thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next to coming of age, right? And Which we, we find have a out, couple of those kids in this. We yeah. find out later in the the Japanese storyline that Kate Blanchett doesn't lose the arm, and she's been discharged from the hospital, and they're going to go home and everything. So you know, it ends up being a, an interesting kind of wrap up to their storyline of you know they they kind of fall in, not fall in love again, but they kind of accept each other again because like you were saying, they're both at a really low point. Well, it's something where like. In that moment, yeah, everything looks peachy, but then we have the Mexico storyline where things kind of go to shit. Yeah, I wish they had shown the after effect of the Mexico story with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. <laughs> do you? I, I do. Yeah, I don't either. I, I'm glad they didn't. Okay, but that. that's such like a crazy, especially now knowing that one of their kids died of SIDS, that they almost lost their two other children while they were in Morocco. Uh, that's just a terrible week <laughs> worst week of their lives uh, and they have to find a new nanny oh yeah uh, uh poor nanny I, that was the most the saddest part of the whole movie yeah <laughs> and no perfect segue too because let's talk about the mexico storyline because we are introduced to the nanny was her name like uh, amelia or emily or it was nanny yeah <laughs> whatever it's, it's, it's amelia it, it was a legal amelia. immigrant oh god wow well, that's that's what wow. she we find out that's what it is that's true but yeah so we're introduced to amelia who is Kate blanchett and brad pitt's characters nanny who's been raising the kids their whole lives and i wrote down one of my first notes i wrote down because when we're introduced she's speaking spanish and the kids are just responding to the kids yes those kids 
understand Spanish. But they speak English to her. I was like, holy shit, this is some crazy well, good education. So, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Is like, that's awesome that they either know Spanish or is it like, okay, this sounds bad. But when I was working as a back weight at a restaurant, I, um, like, you know, you worked most of the chef staff was Hispanic and they would speak Spanish constantly. And after working there long enough, it's one of those things where I do not speak Spanish. I'm not good at Spanish. And I started to understand what they were saying, not like legitimately knowing the translation, but just understanding what they were saying. If that context makes sense. Clues yeah. Kind, kind of, of the context clues. And you mm. got used to things connecting. And I wondered if that was the situation or if these kids legitimately know spanish because they never speak spanish that's true it's yeah. it's kind of going back to the whole tower of babel thing <laughs> no really though like it's you're showing right. all yeah, the different right. ways of communication throughout the because in the japan storylines are completely different you're right it is a different yeah. level of communication but Good i point. mean touche it's not uncommon for like rich people which i assume brad pitt and kate blanchard are supposed to be to have they these seem pretty like wealthy au yeah. pairs or whatever that speak to them in a different language to have their kids learn different language. languages that's kind of how I took Nanny. <laughs> this is a terrible movie by comparison, but did you ever see that Jim Carrey movie, Fun with Dick and Jane? No. They, no. Make, they, make fun of it. they make fun of this where it's their kids being raised by a Hispanic nanny, and the kid speaks the whole movie in a Spanish accent and speaks Spanish most of the movie because he's being raised by this nanny and it's just like a completely different satirical version of what's happening in this movie. I just, my, I'm the only one that saw that, I guess so, <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> Yo tango to Scottos and mis pantalones. <laughs> Do you get those context clues? E2. You, you, you just said, wait, did you wait, say you have you a cat shit. in your pants or I have a cat in my pants? Not just cats. one. You have multiple dose. Dose. <laughs> dose. <laughs> dose in Uno. Su pantalones. No. <laughs> Dos. <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. Um, but let's get back to the story, shall we? See. See. Se puede. Yeah, but so Amelia's raising these two kids, and did you know? Did you recognize one of them was uh, Ellie Fanning? Yeah, Ellie Fanning. What? <laughs> <laughs> neon Demon. Yeah, Neon Demon. Ellie Fanning. I could not finish Neon Demon. Ah. It's not. That was boring. That's going to be a movie we eventually talk about on this show, I think. Um, it's very ominous. <laughs> uh, well, it's just a movie that baffles me. Uh, babbles. Babbles me. <laughs> <laughs> it babbles me. I want to start using that now. Um, so, Amelia's having an issue, though, because obviously, knowing that Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett are in Morocco dealing with that shit right now. Um, because oh, it was you were saying Brad Pitt calls back to the house and the kid answers. That's at the very beginning, correct, of the yeah, storyline? Yeah, they're eating right. breakfast. So the shooting has been resolved by the time this storyline starts. The mm-hmm. kids don't know what's happened because Brad Pitt told them not to worry them. And um, Brad Pitt had said that whoever Rachel is, Rachel was going to come and take care of the kids so she it's could go to... Oh, okay, so she could go to this wedding, which is her son's wedding, but what happened? I don't remember. Why didn't Rachel show up? Uh, she was unable to go. She was just just never showed up. Yeah, because that's the whole issue of like why this happened. She's planning on going to this wedding, and she can't get anyone to watch the kids, so she ends up taking the kids with her to Mexico. And uh, I that's crazy, in my opinion, that she thought that that would be okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the thing is, though, like the the, uh, the girl that she went to like try to hand the kids off to 
come on, girl. Like, just take the kids. Yeah, yeah. help her out. Yeah. I, I, and I understand they it's couldn't dedicate they mm-hmm. couldn't dedicate the whole movie to her trying to find coverage, essentially, for the kids. But I feel like I, there had to have been another option besides taking them to Mexico. But her whole family was in Mexico. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of which, when they're doing the drive down to Mexico, this is awful. All I could think about was Sicario when they're driving into <laughs> into Juarez. Yeah. I know they're driving into Tijuana, and it's like it's actually shown in a positive light the like the fun nature of and culture of Mexico. Most of this movie, it's nothing about it's negative. But yeah. all I could think about was them driving into Juarez and Sicario. I kept waiting for like <laughs> Del Toro or whatever to show up. Yeah, it's like. It's presented as different, not good or bad. Right. Yeah. And I actually appreciate that because even sh- the kids are like having a blast looking at the the different nature of this country and seeing chickens. Get yeah, their they have that moment off. of kind of culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. They do, and uh, I really like that because yeah, when they get to the wedding thing, um, the like prep wedding prep, um, Amelia's nephew takes the kids and all the kids that are at the wedding and do like a game of like catching the chicken and then shows them how to kill a chicken. That's hardcore. During that scene, all I could think of was Zelda. <laughs> Cause like you got to catch the kid, catch the chickens. Gotta catch well, if chickens. he did that to the chicken, all the other chickens would have come out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like Skyrim. You kill the chicken. Every town's person in the whole game tries to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> And I don't know about you guys, but at this point, uh, the nephew was like pretty likable. Like they yeah. kind of yeah. built him into a likable character. A little edgy. Before. A little likeable. edgy. Yeah, but it it was yeah. like he was kind of the kid's guide. Yeah, that day. he he seems like the that family's like not their wild card, but that lovable screw up of like, oh, we know he's gonna do something crazy, but you know he we still love him. He's a heart of gold. <laughs> um, this wedding, by the way, seems like a blast. Yeah, like I do not like going to weddings. I, it's just not something I've personally enjoy. That wedding looks like a blast. Uh, like just the pinatas, like the food looked really good. I did laugh. Amelia seemed to be getting some from that. Uh, yeah, old man. that was. I'm glad that's all we saw was them making yep. out. Yeah, yeah. That was okay. a weird, uh, another unnecessary. Yeah, like, cause, yeah. scene. Yeah. I didn't think the problem for that storyline was going to be them coming back across the border. No. I thought them going was like, okay, everything was going to check. Ha- yeah, I was just waiting for like something at to that happen. Point, yeah, th- were the kids going to get kidnapped? Was the uncle not as good as we thought? Yeah, I kept waiting for something bad to happen. There's the kind of a fake out scene where during the festivities when they're like doing the cake swap, the nephew pulls out a gun to like fire up in the air to be yeah. like, I was like, this is it. <laughs> I was like, because the kids, the kids do get scared. And but then it's like settled down and not really dealt with, and it all seems to be going well. Like the kids are having a blast, Amelia's having a blast, her son and his wife are having a blast. I'm having a blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Babble, <laughs> yeah, babble. <laughs> but I was on the edge of my seat waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Stray bullet, kidnapping, oh, yeah. anything, or just something like like so maybe even this is awful, but maybe like even a wedding guest being like, oh, we should kidnap those kids, like something. That was gonna yeah. spiral out of control from this, and, and it did. It did, <laughs> yeah. but not just not in the way I thought. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so yeah, Papers. the the weddings, you know, coming to a close, and she needs to get the kids back before, uh, because it's already night, and kids have soccer practice in the morning. Um, Honestly, why didn't they just try to, you know, miss soccer practice like one day? 
Yeah. Well, I think he, I, in my, I thought about this too. I think she didn't want them to miss because they would have found out. Yeah. Brad Pitt would have found out. Yeah. And, but then again, I also thought too, there's no way these kids are going to keep this secret. They're going to talk to their parents about how much fun they had in Mexico. Like that's going to come up. Can I go back to Mexico, Dad? <laughs> yeah, we went down. I killed a chicken with my bare hands. <laughs> I, I scared it around. <laughs> but six chickens later, <laughs> I can't stop, Dad. <laughs> uh, it's interesting though. So they, you know, they're driving back up the border, and uh, the nephew seems to be a little tipsy, little drunk. I was anticipating a car accident now. Yep. Yeah. Like when's it coming? It's it's <laughs> crazy. Is puckered. I truly once they got to the border, I was like, oh, interesting. I guess we made it. I was like, so nothing's really gonna happen. And as soon as he brought up, like you're looking at the passports, and it was like the oh yeah, he's drunk. Something's gonna happen. And then as soon as he said, where are these kids? Permission from their parents. I didn't to leave even know that's a thing. I I yep. remember learning that was a thing um, in high school. When you were in a car with when a stranger. I was in a car with a... <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember hearing about that. I forgot what trip it was, but it was something like that where our parents had to have a letter attached to our passports because we weren't old enough, like, adults. But um, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to think she kidnapped these kids. Yep. And that's technically not what they think, but it's kind of implied because he asks... Uh, Ellie Fanning in the back seat if Amelia is her aunt and she says no because she's not she's not <laughs> yeah. yeah but like that's it's one of those things where it's like you can't ask a kid right. that kind of question they don't understand what you're asking but shout out to Clifton Collins Jr. star of Mindhunters oh yeah <laughs> crossover event he came in and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked up he's just like I don't know I'm in a wheelchair <laughs> I like history <laughs> I was like oh we're we gonna see what put him in that wheelchair <laughs> that'd be a crazy crossover he goes from pleasant surprise goes from border patrol to (laughs) fbi profile (laughs) (laughs) oh that's pretty good um but the nephew gets freaked out by the whole thing and they're getting asked to pull over to the second uh, detained zone like where they're gonna this is a very realistically done scene too Oh yeah. yeah, like the the other Everything car just came like behind, the, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna have to have you do this or whatever." Yeah. Like, very the, believable. The nephew puts the pedal to the metal and makes a run for it, and uh, yeah. this is where just shit goes terrible. And it's I was know, like yelling at the TV. I know this was so stupid because worst case scenario, like Amelia's still gonna get in trouble, but all they would have done was Amelia would have given them Brad Pitt's like phone number. You know what I mean? Like would have contacted them yeah. and been. Like they would all been worked out. She still would have gotten in trouble, but it wouldn't have been a federal. They might think she's, you know, she's kidnapping these kids. Deportito. Yeah. She might not have, they might not have looked that further into her status. Um, but that's not what happened. You know, like we get a quick chase, but then the nephew tells him to like hide in the desert. for some reason. (laughs) Doesn't seem like the best plan. The scene where they're like driving in the dark. And then when you like, off roads for some reason oh yeah and, and then they're like out walking in the, in the desert at night reminded me a lot of that uh that uh jason jake jake john hall movie uh nocturnal Doc, emissions nocturnal yes that was nocturnal like, animals peter i know <laughs> it that yeah was a great movie that was a great movie for I some reason movie. i was expecting them to find a cliff 
because you couldn't see anything in front of the car. I was like, what are they going to hit? What are they going to go over? Is there a ravine? Is there a river somewhere? Like a Thelma and Louise thing? <laughs> Peter's like just thinking of the geography of Mexico and Tijuana. Just like, I don't think there's yeah. any cliffs. Not going to lie. I don't know the geography that well. <laughs> Anything was possible. You're, you're telling me you don't study the topographical <laughs> situation of San Diego and Tijuana? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, I was like, I can't see in front of the car. No, yeah, it was a very scary, it was a very well done, tense kind of chase. And it wasn't like a fast pace. Yeah. It, it was you know, good. chase. It was just tense. And uh, they get left in the desert. And uh, like you were saying, when they're in the desert, it's a lot like nocturnal animals, but it's also like there were a couple shots I was like, okay, this is a little too artsy. Like there's a couple yes. shots of like Amelia <laughs> yes. walking in her like red dress and her like scarves <laughs> kind of flying away. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I like, like turned to Megan. I was like, what sort of art house bullshit is this? Uh, it's one of those like, this is a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think red is a thematic color in this I read movie. About that, yes. <laughs> but the kids are dying in this desert because there's no water and they're Sunburns, just left in the sun. Red. Oh man, that would be rough to be that age and you're just in the middle of the desert and you have no idea while oh. you're there. Yeah. Oh man. Yesterday we were at home. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday morning I was eating oatmeal. <laughs> then Today. you took me to this weird place. I killed like six chickens. <laughs> now I'm in a desert. I'm missing soccer practice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is was, never going to have me start. <laughs> I know. I was in line to start next week. <laughs> now my lips are chat. But uh, to save the kids, she tells them to like kind of hide in this like bush ravine thing. And uh, she's going to go try to get help. And she's able to flag down one of the Border Patrol guys. Michael Pena. Michael Pena. <laughs> this podcast is the official Michael Pena podcast. He's been in like 20 of our movies. We got to tweet him. <laughs> we do. We love him. We're big fans. I was excited to see him. The only part of Crash I liked. <laughs> oh, man. He's in uh, Count of Monte Cristo, too. Who's really good in that? Who is in Count of Monte Cristo? Jesus. Jim, Jim Caviezel. No, no, no. Who yeah. is Michael... Pina he's, in Count of Monte Cristo. He's like the sidekick. No, that's yeah. not Michael Pina. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what? not him at all. <laughs> Are you serious? I am 100% positive. You Are you talking be. about um, no, his totally his sidekick <laughs> that's, uh was the knife fighter that he saved? I don't know. It's I not think. Michael Pina. We're getting, we're, this isn't the Count of Monte Cristo episode. Louis Guzman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Louis Guzman. That's like how, uh, how I thought uh, Tom Hanks was in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like your crash is showing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Michael Pena shows up and uh, finds Amelia. And uh, Amelia tells him, <laughs> keep it together, Zach. <laughs> finds Amelia and you know gets the whole story, and um, they go to where the kids were, but they're not there. Jackals. <laughs> I, I thought truly that. thought these kids were dead, and I was super sad. So sad for Brad Pitt. <laughs> I was. All I could think about was like, they're gonna come back from Morocco, and now their two kids are dead. Then they'll be in the kitchen singing "Empty Chairs and Empty Tables." Oh, f- oh. That would have been the most <laughs> brutal ending to this movie is them sitting at that breakfast table in a completely empty house. I would have just cried, just bawled. 
Oh, but that, luckily like, that's not what happened. Kate Blanchett like missing an arm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the darkest timeline like, in Brad community. has to feed her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, can you pass the salt? <laughs> <gasps> oh, man. <laughs> oh, but uh, Michael Pena arrests Amelia, though, and takes her to Border like, Patrol. I'm going to have to arrest you. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we find out, though. So other Border Patrol agents had found the two kids. And rescued them. So they were fine. And that they had spoken with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. And they weren't pressing charges, but they were furious. <laughs> <laughs> They're not mad. It's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and you're fired. Yeah. yeah. And clearly, you're fired. Well, they didn't. It's kind of like, we don't have to fire her because she's being deported. Well, yeah, she's going to be deported. Because right. they find out she's been in the country f- illegally for 16 years. And that's really depressing because she gives the whole thing of like, I raised those built kids a life from birth, here. I rent a house, like I've built a life here. And they're like, well, you should have thought that before. <laughs> and then he handed her a, you know, a vote for Trump sticker and she went about, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did laugh at the Border Patrol. You saw the picture of George Bush and Dick Cheney on I the did. wall. Yes. I laughed at that too. Dated. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah. None of this would have happened the if la- Dick Cheney hadn't shot that guy in the face. <laughs> Just like Babel, <laughs> shot her around the world. <laughs> oh, man. Chaos. But how Amelia's storyline wraps up is um, her back in Tijuana, and she's hugging her son, crying, and it's a very just like sad moment. I feel bad for the son, too, because he was probably on his way to his honeymoon. Yeah. Got to go He's pick up his mom. Drunk. Yeah. Mom. <laughs> mom, I got to go pick you up in America. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that one that one made me sad. That yeah. that any kind of was like a, oh. Uh, from there though, we move to our kind of final storyline, which takes place in Japan of all places. Yes, and we're led to Japan because the rifle that is used in the Moroccan storyline was given to that Moroccan man by a Japanese hunter as a gift, and so the police are investigating that Japanese man. Why, you know, wh- how the rifle got to Morocco. But what we're introduced to, though, first is a girls' volleyball game for the deaf and the mute. Which we find out when a call was played or a call was made and they disagreed and they all come up and start signing at him. Oh, yeah, because then it's just a sign off of like, I'm deaf, not blind. The ball was out. Um, I thought that line was a little bit on the nose. Yeah, I, it was one of those things that where I, I, when the volleyball game, started i knew something like that had to have been happening because it was so quiet for a sporting yeah. event it was so quiet and at first i was like japanese culture is very respectful about things of this nature but i don't think they're above cheering during a sporting event like i feel like that's something everybody does uh but yeah then it's just revealed oh it's because they're all deaf and mute yeah um by the way i didn't i wanted to rewind but i was in the middle of taking notes stuff did the ball go out that they were mad about did anyone go back and look was she right the ball went out i did not look none of us care did about not, that volleyball game yeah, did not care maybe that like volleyball waiting. game is the catalyst for the rest of this girl's storyline if she had just won that volleyball game you know maybe things would have been better she does have balls on the brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't like how sexual this storyline just genuinely yeah. made me uncomfortable it didn't fit with the rest of the movie right. i'm sure it that's something so we're going to talk about but it's it no, was especially weird. because of how all this is intercut it seemed so just tonally like, tonally yeah shocking 
And how long was this storyline in total, though? It was the longest a, one. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like I'm just saying, minutes. like, time-wise, not... Oh, it's one day, right? Yeah, one day. And she tries to hook up with, like, six people. Right. Shut because So the after the yeah after the ba- volleyball game, she's going to uh, J-Pop to meet up with her friends. I want to go to J-Pop. Yeah, that's where all the cool Asian kids hang. Yeah. Those did look like some cool kids in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Were I, d- like I could not cool have kids. hung. I could not have hung I wish there. that I could be like the cool kids. <laughs> like the cool kids. <laughs> was that other guy uh, Haruki? Haruki? Is that who yeah. she was uh, had a crush on? Yeah, that was, that was like later on. But oh, okay. that dude, I would chill with him. Yeah. They all cool seemed dude. pretty cool. But on the drive over to J-Pop is where we find out the, the, the relationship oh, yeah. right. between father and daughter. Because the mother had recently passed. Um, we find out later through suicide. But we'll. I want to bring that up again. I'm gonna. We're gonna have a conversation about that. We'll get to that. I, I saw you jump, John. Settle down. <laughs> well, no, I was having a thought. Like this thought makes no sense now. But what if this daughter was actually um, like the somehow the unborn child of Kate and Brad? I realize that, that child. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if the story... No, no, what if instead of the story of her not being unborn, it was like she was born but then adopted into this Japanese family and that was what connected... And Anyways, then she turned Japanese. Wishful thinking. Turning I see what Japanese, you're saying. I think I'm that turning, would have been better. Turning Japanese. I really think it so. It would make the connection stronger than it was. Sorry. Well, it still connects pretty well with the rifle. I think no, the, it does not. The no, girl is the most tenuous no, no, no. bullshit connection. No, but that's, no, no. that's the point. <laughs> no, so <laughs> It's the point. No, so I would argue the rifle The rifle is a good connection to Japan and the, like, the core of the storyline. I think the problem is... Why are we following her and not like the dad? Agreed. Is my Damn. issue of why it's not connected. Because then you wouldn't have gotten full frontal. The hairy monster. Because he's not a virgin <laughs> like she is. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Because they go to J-pop and none of the boys want to talk to her because they're deaf mutes. Like we, she, they have, we have that sad scene of them scene playing. That so a, bad. Yeah, it was so sad. I do want to point out that's awesome that that place had a PlayStation style arcade game. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, the boys try to go talk to her, and that was actually really funny, in my opinion. They're like, he's, him being like, excuse me, excuse me, and they don't, because they can't hear him, so she has to tap him, and as soon as they start like writing down, they're like, oh, Ooh. never mind. It's that like, was just ah. so sad. Yeah. That was. I was like, you dang dick. dick. Yeah. <laughs> would I be taken back? Yes. But if I was attracted to them, I would still... Yeah. And unfortunately, she can read lips, so, so she, she knows yeah. seeing what they were saying. Yeah. But then she basic instincts... Oh, yeah, they go to the bathroom and kind of have that moment of um, they think we're monsters. And she takes off her uh, panties. <laughs> her she had panties. on a really short skirt anyway, too. Well, that's that's a Japanese, yeah. Japanese culture thing. thing. Yeah, I don't, You've never I don't heard of Japanese schoolgirls? But, yeah, she takes off her panties and they're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to show them the real hairy monster or something. I was yeah. like, all right, I'm going to be uncomfortable for most of this, aren't I? And here we are. Um, yep. Honestly, that is like... Uh, that is like I think really the uh, I think it's only scene I remember from this movie at like after my uh, after my first watching. So for like twelve <laughs> years, all I thought this movie was was Harry Monster. That, that was like the only thing that like uh, I guess uh, imprinted on like twelve year old Zach was <laughs> so. a Japanese girl's vagina. So Rinko's Kikuchi. <laughs> 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 Wow, we really earned our explicit rating this time. Um, but so this is a good judging a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> because oh 
any other I'm, girl. I am so excited <laughs> to see where you go with this. <laughs> because in the wild, if I saw a girl do this, I would assume disease ridden. <laughs> no, virgin. <laughs> Too eager. What? Wait, wait, wait. So, so, are you saying you would think if I made eye contact with Kikuchi, virgin? What, what, what are you saying? <laughs> If so, if Kikuchi did to me what she's you know doing in, in J-pop, I would assume that that girl would like have a disease or something. Like she's just way too eager to get down. She's been around. I need to protect myself. <laughs> get tested, Peter. You're gonna go get tested. No, seeing from, from being in the same. <laughs> Peter, are you saying are you saying uh, are you saying uh, female sexuality is a disease? <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Peter with some no. Controversial <laughs> walked into that one. Uh, no. But I wouldn't have thought, ah, virgin. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... <laughs> I'll give you that. I'm yeah. going to... Like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm going to on. partially agree with Peter because I'm not going to name any names. But in high school, I talked to you about this in high school. And I'm pretty sure I talked to you about it too. Yeah. This did happen to me. Not intentionally. What? Like, I was not flashed. But... A girl did not wear underwear and was wearing a skirt. I'm not going to name names, at least on the air, because that yeah. I don't want to <laughs> embarrass her. But like, I don't think she was intentionally doing it. But all I could think about was what Peter was saying. I was like, that seems mm, not right. <laughs> no, but like, if she was intentionally flashing me and being like, mm, you want some? No, I don't. Not if it's that easy. You know, like, something's up. Are you trying to give no, me AIDS? Yeah. <laughs> wow! Jump to jump well, straight to AIDS. That's a thing. Um, we're gonna let's. I, I think we need to push past this. John's yeah, looking at me like I want to. I want to get out of here. Harry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really her whole story. Is like yeah. her being one Harry situation. Right. Well, to the she next. keeps. <laughs> oh man! Explicit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we were saying, she you know flashes a few people at J-pop. Um, <laughs> no one's biting. <laughs> and she then goes back to her apartment where um, she's. Oh no, she goes to the dentist. I forgot. Oh, I almost yeah. skipped the dentist because she goes to the dentist. This and is we like get this is like the uh, like the uh, teeth. Yeah, prequel to teeth. teeth. Yeah, vagina dentata. Oh my god, it's the inverse though. It's not pedo dentist. But I think it's. I think it's kind of brushed over though that it's the fact that he's like you know he's checking the mouth out and like doing the. You know, dentist ex- inspection, yeah, and he he just, well, he just casually drops like, "Oh, you have four cavities, four <laughs> cavities." <laughs> I had two cavities and knocked me out for a fucking day when they did it. To <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> four cavities. That's pretty bad. And he ends up kicking her out without yeah. doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. So she's left with those four cavities. Yeah, she needs to. Oh man, she needs to take care of that. Maybe but, that yeah. was the impetus for everything after. She was reconciling, having to like come to grips with the four cavities. Oh, man. But yeah, she makes a move on the dentist. And then the dentist does the right thing here and immediately no. kicks her out. Doesn't try to play it off like, oh, we can move past. It. No, kicks nope. her out because the yeah. nurse walks in and is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you guys. I have little. those triple X rays. <laughs> is this the girl with four cavities? <laughs> <laughs> Was that meant to be a double entendre? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I just like that most of this podcast we really like super respectful for like the Moroccan story. Like, yeah, but then we get as here. Soon as we get here, we are off the rails. Oh man! Then, like sadly too, the because the, uh, the storyline's sad. Well, well, too. This storyline, I would argue, is, is actually the best of the four, and is is something where the the, the whole like um, whole, like <laughs> all of the. <laughs> Lose, losing it. No, no, I agree though. I like where in other situations it's pretty obvious that the characters are in uncomfortable places outside of their home. We're watching this deaf and mute girl in not her, being able to be comfortable where she lives and in where her she's own. From. Yeah, her yeah, own culture, her own world. She doesn't belong. Right, she doesn't fit well. And it's and it's sad. I agree. Where this is the storyline that could be its own self-contained movie. And um, best scenes too, when like where lists were hearing and seeing things in silence. I, yeah, I wish there had been more of those. Where it was more like I wish most of this storyline there was no sound. And I would argue that a lot of it was like that. Like they went to the club and like yeah, we had that hearts. was the coolest scene. Even though I when we I'll bring it up when we get there. But I had a question about that scene. Um, but yeah, so the dentist thing, she gets thrown out. Uh, she goes back to her apartment. Um, I thought it was a nice touch to when her friend calls, who's also a deaf mute, they have uh, like a FaceTime kind of device so yeah. they can communicate what with each other. What kind of phone was that? This was fucking 2007. They had it's FaceTime. Japan, man. No, like, Japan always has had like on the edge advanced technology like that, especially in communications. Uh, but I thought that was crazy cool. Um, and they're going to go meet up with some friends in the park. She's still not wearing underwear. They and make a point of saying that. Yeah, they're both not wearing underwear. Um, the friends and they, not? Yeah, they, they make oh. a joke about it. Yeah, they do the little like, hoo-hoo. Yeah. Didn't Sorry, that. one more time. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not> like <laughs> Toad. <from> is, <laughs> yeah, is it Mario? <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, man. But Pop yeah, they, on my Toadstool. Oh, Peter. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. I'm moving past it. They go to the park. They go to the park <laughs> to meet the friends, and then they meet the cool, more cool kids. Haruki. Haruki. And, they um, all look like they're out of animes. <laughs> <laughs> all the dudes. All the dudes do, yeah. Uh, one of them extremely. One of them has, like, yeah. Goku-style spiked yeah. hair. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but do they drop acid? What drug do they take? I, I don't know. I don't think it ecstasy maybe i think this it's is the wrong group to know <laughs> what that is that's a good point when you guys are out at the club what do you pop no, they all had a headache but they, they mix it, it wasn't with, ibuprofen with whiskey, with whiskey which yeah. i thought was a little weird that it was dangerous uppers and downers yes that, but okay. we get a cool a little, little scene though of, <laughs> we get a cool scene though of them kind of tripping out in that park though and i thought of, that was completely unnecessary yeah it was well, another artsy scene yeah it was yep. pretty artsy oh look but they're then, having fun but all crazy. the while she's getting really close with what's teenagers. his name haruki haruki she's getting really close with haruki and then they go to this nightclub and what i wanted to bring up earlier is so they do a really cool thing of it. it's her perspective and it's dead silent but it's my understanding in the deaf community is they feel sounds yeah, you very like, strongly. So I was wondering, would it have been better yeah. if they had done that, where it was almost the sound of vibrations? And I think that could no, have been I, really cool. No, I thought cool. that too. Because when she was in it, it was they tried to do this thing like she didn't understand what was happening. The rhythm, so yeah, the beat. Fun. But you would feel you, right. you feel it. Because, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. feel it when I'm in yeah. there and I can hear, but it's 
it's one of those things where I thought it would be more of a like her on ecstasy. I thought that would be a moment where we see her like truly happy because it's like amplified, yeah, like sensory. And uh, I don't know, it was just an interesting thing I was thinking about during that scene because I did think it was a cool scene to show her pers- perspective and then their perspective and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, uh, her boy crush ends up making out with some her friend, yeah. her friend, yeah. her friend, yeah. yeah, backstabber, that slut, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she ends up going home alone. And we forgot to bring up the cops. I just realized now we forgot to bring up the cops. Because the cops come by earlier when she's at the apartment waiting for her friend uh, to talk to their dad about the rifle. But she doesn't know it's about the rifle. She thinks it's about their mom. And uh, apparently after the mom died, the police came around a lot asking him questions because they think he had something to do with it. And so the police officer gave her his number to let her, you know, contact him when... She's, he's able to talk to the dad. And, and so she he, thinks he's pretty cute. Thinks he's pretty cute. He was yeah, he cute. He was pretty cute. He was a good looking dude. Uh, that was cute as Haruki. Oh, that was man. a good looking dude. His jacket game was on I point. Know. I wanted that jacket. It was a cool jacket. But uh, she calls the cop and he comes over and sh- he's under the impression that it's, you know, it's about the case. Um, they talk for a little bit. She disappears and comes back completely naked. Yeah. He sees her in the window. Yeah. Classic uh, Varsity Blues moment, except there's no whipped cream. Am I the I only thinking, one here who saw Varsity Blues? I was thinking Naked Man from How Much Oh, from <laughs> Your Mother? But she know, was pulling the Naked Man? Yeah. So this was the one out of three times it doesn't work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, because he's obviously taken back by the whole situation Yeah. and refutes it. I'm so happy that happened. I was going to be really like, nervous. This was going to be some weird thing like that. And then Dad comes home. Kills cop. Yeah, I thought. I, no, I truly thought. <laughs> yeah. Like you joke, but I truly thought that was gonna be something stupid like That'd that, and I was gonna be mad. Pushes him off the balcony. Too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he consoles her though, because she breaks down crying after he refutes her, and um, like they have this kind of heart to heart moment, and then she writes a note that he she wants him to open later after he leaves, and because uh, she had also talked to him about. His mom, her mom dying on that balcony. And said that she like had jumped, jumped off, off the balcony, balcony and she had seen it. And the dad and, was asleep or something. Yeah, and the dad yeah. was asleep. Da, da, da. And uh, so the cop ends up leaving. And after that, I was truly curious where the storyline was going to go because yeah. they still hadn't even the talked to the dad. Yeah, yeah, I thought we were like, going to see him and Leave, then we were just going to like, see him the side or something. Just like I thought that for a second too. And I was so happy when you see the dad come in. I realized, okay, okay, maybe that's not going to happen because maybe now I, I still thought he was so going to see her oh, really? jump. I thought he would be because if she saw her mom jump, quote unquote, she, he would see her jump. I would argue this is even a crazier thing that happens yeah. because the dad walks in the hotel as the cops leaving and they have a conversation about the rifle and we find out, oh, the the man in Morocco was his hunting guide. He was a really great guy, really great guide, and. Um, Gave him the rifle as a gift of a thank you for helping me and whatnot. Um, and so there was no black market thing. There's no foul play. It wasn't terrorism. It's kind of worked itself out. And then the cop, thinking he's being polite, saying, I spoke to your daughter. I heard about your wife in the balcony. I apologize. Or I'm so sorry for your loss. And the guy's like taken aback, being like, my wife didn't jump off the balcony. She shot herself. And my daughter was the first one to find her. I thought the dad did a really good job acting. That oh yeah, that was a really good. Scene. That was a really good scene. He was a really good actor throughout. Yeah. Like there, he was only in it for maybe like three minutes total, but all their interactions Stole with the daughter scene. were yeah. really good. 
And uh, we see the cop leave, and he finally opens that note in the restaurant, and we don't see what the note says. But my, it's cl- it has to be that she killed her mom, right? Or am I am I crazy? I thought it was a suicide note. I thought it was a, I killed my mom. I don't know why she did it, but that's the oh. only thing I could think of. Because that's why she's messed up. Is that she? Why else would she tell two different stories of why the the mom or how the mom died? Huh. Oh, I'm alone in this. Okay, yeah, I, I thought no, she was ashamed. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally what actually wrong. happened. But I guess they're both suicide. But because he anything. looks shocked mm-hmm. when he reads the note, and then when we cut, I back, thought he looked relieved when he read the note because okay. it's like so. The contents of the note. We don't all know for sure, but people caught pieces of it. Here's the translation. I wanted dot, 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 myself, dot, 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 that's why, connected, that is, although I cannot, I have to find out, message from my mother. I was not sure if I was loved by my mother, but that's not the case. Thank you. I don't know how to put that together. That was good, E.E. Cummings. (laughs) (laughs) is that a haiku that was a nice poetic (laughs) joke there uh i don't know how to put that together so i that doesn't sound like a confession of i killed my mom so i'm gonna take that back she is over the problem now and she's thanking the cop for doing what he did for her and she kind of wrote out that she figured it out what she Uh, okay whatever because i mean and it's it's kind of explained when Daddy, daughter, weird hug at the end. Or when he finds her, yeah, because she, she's naked on the balcony, and they kind of embrace. And that's how the that's how the movie, that's the ending shot of the movie, which seemed pretty weird. I thought that was a good ending. To the like, whole movie, though? Not to the whole movie. To to that arc, yes. Yeah, to that arc, I would agree. I mean, but the fact that that was the last shot we see of this whole movie felt disjointed from everything else we yeah. just watched. But everything was stripped away. You know, and she's known. She in that moment, she knows who she is, and her father accepts her, and we're just hugging it out. Oh, Babel. <laughs> and they're on a tower. Whoa, whoa, oh, nice. Mind blow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's Babel. And again, I said at the beginning, it's one of those things where I think how this movie is filmed, the acting in it is top notch. It's very well done. And it's not like Crash where they have like some scenes are really well done and then like the music's super over the top and it makes it laughable or something. It's like every part of the movie seemed very well put together, but I feel like when it ended, I just didn't get it. And it might be because of the Japanese storyline ending the way it did, where it felt so disjointed from everything else. I don't know. It's it's just a movie I'm going to think about for a really long time and try to maybe one day I'll finally just click, like I'll just be reading a newspaper like oh my god I finally get Babel. <laughs> you mentioned uh, the the uh, music, so Babel was nominated for like seven six awards. or seven uh, Oscars and it only won for original score, but what was it up against that year? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I can look it up, but uh, but like the music and it was. Not like crazy, like uh, I don't know, memorable. Pretty forgettable, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I said this off mic, but I, I kind of stand by it as I think in a movie like this, when the music, at least, doesn't seem to be the intention by any means, and it does, it doesn't add to it, but it doesn't take away. I think it's 
fine. Like as long as it blends in and if it's not forgettable, it means that it kept me in the situation that it was supposed to keep me in. And like, I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase this where like sometimes when music's really good, it's so good that it takes me out of the scene where I'm thinking like, Oh wow, I really like this song. Like it happened in black Panther a couple of times where, um, where Killmonger came on scene, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, and his like entrance music was super awesome. And so every time it came on scene, I kept like head bombing, like this song's sweet. <laughs> and that's like an example of it. Kind of took me out of the movie, but it's a great song. But it's, in a movie like this, I don't want to be taken out of it. I want it to set the mood. It's like the refs in sports. If you notice the refs, if you don't notice the refs, it means they did a good job. Right. Kind of like no, that's song. a that's a great analogy. Nice. For our sports fans. This this was up against Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen, and lost to The Departed. So, okay, I mean, that's a a tough year. Letters from Iwo Jima, The Departed, oh my gosh, those are two incredible movies. Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine's a great movie too, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we're kind of running long, but I want to try an experimental segment here uh, called How Would You Fix It? We've been pretty positive about this movie, so is isn't a great example of how would you fix it. But I just want to kind of get your parts of like, what would you add to this movie that would have made it more enjoyable to you? Or maybe kind of uh, shifted it to take it to the next level? Um, I would like to start off by not making this a movie. And stay with me. Like, I understand Netflix really wasn't a thing at the time this movie came out. But if this was a Netflix miniseries, that wasn't going to be like multiple seasons, but just like a short run. And each one of these storylines was a dedicated episode, as well as like other cultures, I think would have been a lot more powerful and interesting. Is if you dedicate like one hour or 40 minutes or whatever to one of these storylines, and they're all interconnected in the subtle ways that they are, and it turns into kind of a widespread event where we see all these different cultures, I think it could have been a revolutionary like style. Like you idea. don't know that they're connected until so you watch to the all. finale or something, well, or you know, they're or connected. I would say kind of how they're connected in this movie, maybe a little bit more loosely where it's, you know, like how the rifle leads us to Japan where it's maybe they have one centered incident that happens in the first episode. And that has like, shoot off webs you know what i mean that lead us to all these other different places kind of like uh that movie vantage point yes but not replaying everything (laughs) (laughs) where we wouldn't keep seeing the incident it's just kind of how this movie plays it out where it's Mm -hmm. we just follow the next thread and it kind of you know shapes the series i don't know that's just my hot little take i don't know what you guys think about that yeah well it's something where what you're saying about ha- having it be like uh, like individual things, I think that's probably how it was written because it seems like it was just like, oh, hey, here's four different stories. Let's slam them together because we don't know what else to do with them. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I would argue it seems like a lot of these seem like short stories yeah. that they put together and didn't force a connection but found a way they could be connected. Yeah. And like I, 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 I was talking to Peter about this, how I think that the, uh, that the, that the Japan storyline could be separated out and sort of developed into its own movie just sort of talking about the the I guess uh the uh, relationship between the daughter and the father and sort of I, I guess exploring her like understanding how she's I guess growing up after her mom as well as tackling the issue of her growing in that kind of culture that 
yeah. sensory heavy culture being a deaf mute. Yeah. I would have watched that in a heartbeat. No, yeah, that sounds like a great movie. I thought the Japan storyline too could have been improved in the sense of just that it didn't fit, kind of like you're saying, could have been its own movie. But I would have liked it if they had um, focused more on the dad, kind of like what you were saying, and the rifle. And maybe some, We I keep talking about nonlinear storytelling, but maybe at the end they go back to the initial, like showing him on that hunting expedition or something like that where we see the rifle get gifted or more focused right. on the dad storyline no, yeah. than the daughter, I guess, is what how I would and, fix and it. And this or might be th- too yeah, much I mean. of a stretch or maybe too on the nose, but maybe we find out the dad went on that hum- hunting trip to get away after his wife died. Like, the, that was a vacation. Yeah. Or, like, with the or shot the himself. The, yeah. The thing. Maybe that was the last hunt he ever did because yeah. he goes away to do a hunting trip to, like, get away from it all after his wife dies. And then while he's out there and it kills the deer or whatever he was hunting, he's kind of like, I can't do this anymore. It reminds me too much of my wife. Yeah. Thank you for all you've done. Gives him the rifle. And that it really does interweave it. That's a good point, John. I really like that. I just The daughter just, again, it, felt like its own storyline that didn't really... It was more the dad and the gun, not the daughter that connected the dots. So right. it was weird that they focused so much on that. Right. Um, it was... So that's how I'd fix it. Although I did like this movie. Yeah, I, I think we're. It sounds like we all agree that we enjoyed this movie. That it was a, an interesting movie. We I don't regret it. watching yeah. it. I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's somewhere. It is. It is a long. You kind of got to lock into it. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's something where, if you have the time, it is worth it. For sure, Peter. Do you have any hot takes? Maybe another kiss with the pan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe have the doctor show up after they left and see that there's a patient he didn't get to and they died instead and he's like I didn't help anyone <laughs> <laughs> what you know? holy shit man <laughs> pretty heavy <laughs> you know <laughs> think about their little storylines um, oh man if we did spin the uh, spin the Japanese story out on its own would it be called Harry Monster <laughs> oh fuck I hope not <laughs> the monster inside oh man. <laughs> oh man I think it'd be called something like uh, I don't know it'd have to be called something like touch wouldn't it because she's a deaf mute <laughs> yeah touch and no, she's looking for someone <laughs> to touch her yeah and how she senses the world is, is kind of through, through sign touch. language and through sign language. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which you have to touch your hand <laughs> to do. I don't know. I got nothing. Oh man, but jilted. Yeah. No, I th- I think we all though. Besides Peters, I think we all made great Wait, points of how the? to improve the, <laughs> the doctor <laughs> storyline. Like sound the doctor thing good. is taking the knife and just twisting it. But That's that could dark as shit. And the doctor wouldn't have shown up. They canceled the ambulance. Look, they didn't oh. have to cancel. Oh, so you're just saying like the ambulance shows up. There are more then, lives we wait, could have wait, affected. Wait, are you saying adding a storyline following that ambulance <laughs> as they like are going out to get to Kate Blanchett and while they could have helped somebody else and then being told no and then it's them having to go back and then well, find out they couldn't have they could have saved that other person. I thought it was really interesting talking about America talking to Morocco and that kind of problem. I would and have we liked didn't that really storyline. explore that. And you could have. I would have liked that storyline. Again, in my Netflix scenario, that yeah. could have been an episode. Is just exploring the political conversation. Kind of like Homeland. Maybe. Yeah. 
get Peter Quinn in there. And that's in, in your premise, yes, it would work. But I think that would have taken away from like the family, oh, the yeah. character development. In and the this keeping movie. it a movie Person. sense, you're right. It, I 100% agree with you, John. It would take away from it. But um, I think we're all in agreement, though. This is a worth that's your good. free time movie, yeah. though, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which don't watch it when you're 12. Don't. Yeah. yeah. This is <laughs> this is one of the few movies that I'm truly I truly think you have to be not I wouldn't say like an adult, but above a certain age yeah. to truly kind of grasp <laughs> the situation. And even then like like I said, like I understand most of it, but I don't understand what the overall meaning was. And maybe that's kind of the point where I'm supposed to think about what I take away from it, but I just think Again, and you know, showing all the different cultures or whatever, there are takeaways and parts of being like, oh, I mean, this on the nose, but sexual frustration, it's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you thought you like were that. sexually frustrated, so are the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't think the message is supposed to be obvious or that there's only one aside from we all do things and we have negative, positive consequences intended and unintended just like we all exist in each other's worlds and we touch each other <laughs> touch knowingly <laughs> and not yeah because i mean the gun is a perfect example of the journey of the gun is nothing but good yeah he's like thanks for being such a great guy and here's a gun he's like hey you know just trade with my neighbor here's yeah. the gun and even the intention for purchasing the gun protect is not malicious yeah is protecting your your livelihood yeah and if that kid wasn't a sharpshooter, none of this would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, none of this. I mean, some of it. Yeah. I also randomly thought that one of the brothers would shoot each other. I know. I, I know thought to go too. back. I thought, I thought that was something yeah. that I thought would eventually happen. But yeah, I was like, is this some like Cain and Abel thing yeah. going well, on here? Here's the connection, though. If the shot never happened, Japanese girl would have never had closure with the cop. So who knows what she would have ended up having. Mm. The cop would have never showed up. Counter argument: Amelia wouldn't have been deported. I don't know. We don't know why the sister couldn't watch him. That's a good point. I don't. Yeah, I actually am really confused about that timeline. I know that's not the point of that story, but that that whole scenario confused me of why she couldn't have somebody watch those kids. Because she has shit How friends. can I watch these? Also, kids? well, uh, no, I guess what I'm getting at, I, we're we need to land the plan, but this is my last question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why so she knew her son's wedding was coming up why wouldn't she have already worked this out with brad pitt and Kate planchette i think she, she did had. she did yeah but and it was supposed to be rachel yeah yeah but then rachel just didn't come yeah they didn't explain it but yeah you know what fuck rachel yeah this is all her fault <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just i was a big fan of amelia uh yeah let's go ahead and wrap this up uh we already said we all liked it so yeah. Yeah, just um, now we all need to say that in a different language to appropriately end That's it. Right. Muy bueno. Me gusta. No, I already said it in Spanish. You got to think of it. I said muy bueno. Um, I can't remember it in Russian. So. <laughs> <laughs> J'adore cette film. <laughs> was that French? <laughs> that was sexy, John. <laughs> uh, Peter, do you want to speak it in American? <laughs> that their movie. Pretty good. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was Babel. Uh, remember, you can leave a comment on wherever podcast device you're listening to, and we'd really appreciate that. Let us know what you like, especially with this new segment we're doing. Uh, see if you like that, want us to keep doing it. Uh, remember to leave, like, rate us as well. Uh, remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, 
we're in a lot of places now, and uh, most of those places have comment and rating sections, so feel free to do that. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at tmftpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tmftpodcast. Um, as always, I've been your host, Mark Burris. With me is John Girdler and Peter Blankenship, and uh, thanks again to our special guest, Zach Brown. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. listeners. Yeah, this was fun. We'll definitely have you back. Good choice. Good movie choice. Good movie choice. I was nervous about this movie choice, but it it was a good choice, and we will definitely have you back. Cool. All right, yeah. See you next week. Au revoir. Au revoir. Das Vidanya. Das Vidanya. That's it.